All right, we're back. Winners, you made it. You made it through. You're here. You're at the end of the season. We're optimistic. And we are looking for players that we can get that aren't going to cost too much, aren't going to break the bank, but can really, really help us, really help us win games, improve our starting rosters, our starting lineups. And bottom line, net points. That's what we care about. We don't care how ugly it sounds, how it looks. We want the points, right? Because we're going after that cash because we want to win every year, not rebuild every year. But we also don't want to have to completely rebuild because we sold out. And I, I've been there. You, sometimes sometimes you just got to go for it and it, it pays off sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. But we're going to name, I don't have as many players here and we'll probably come back to this topic next week a little bit. I mostly wanted to hit on those those cells and I want to hit on a few more specific players uh, that you need to get moving on. And I know this is coming out on a Saturday. Uh, sorry, I'm a day behind here. I was sifting through so much data that I, I couldn't even I couldn't even get all of this out and have it be coherent on uh, Thursday night. I was trying to watch that game and and well, just on the side. But it wasn't that great a game to watch. But I was I was kind of watching it on the side. And next thing you know, the they're fighting and it's the end of the game and uh, and I wasn't ready. But here we are. Some players you want to buy. I already talked about a couple of these. I really do like DJ Moore. As a receiver with a good schedule coming up. Really a solid schedule. Weeks 11 through 15. So if you are a team who's still on the edge and you may need a receiver. Maybe you have somebody who's on bye in those weeks. Or one or two guys who are on bye. I mean, we got a real doozy for teams on week 12, right? Maybe you go get DJ Moore. You're not going to have to pay a ton for him. He's a solid player. People know about him. You're going to have to pay up. But like I said, good schedule. And as I mentioned, positive touchdown regression. He, he definitely has room to improve just to get to what he really honestly should be compared to what he's he's been. Some of these guys are going to be the same people I mentioned before, but I want to talk about them from the buyer's winner's side. So Keenan Allen, yeah, I'm a little worried about Philip Rivers, but he's also playing pretty well, and he also has Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Oakland in weeks 13 through 16. So I like that. I really like that. Why wouldn't you buy him if you can? And maybe the great thing about this is, like I said, we're not trying to fool anyone. You're not pulling anything over. You can use all the arguments I was using for the seller, for the losers, uh, in your negotiations. You can be like, look, Philip Rivers going forward next year at a certain situation. I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of contracts issues coming up with that team. Keenan Allen's going to be up next after next season. Rivers is up now. Like, There's a lot of uncertainty and Rivers is getting older, continues to honestly look worse and worse. So th- this is probably is it for him. So let me let me get, you know, squeeze this last good season out of him, get what I want, and you can have something else that you want for next season. Right? That's how you want to sell it. Miles Sanders, you got to go get him because uh, I think he has a great week coming up. 
What's going on right now is they just signed a JI. So if I had recorded the other night, I wouldn't have known that. So this probably means that Jordan Howard is a real risk of missing this game. And at the same time, Sproles, Darren Sproles, is is basically out for the season. So they lost one running back and likely without the other one. Ajay made sense. He's available. He's been... Uh, at least advertising himself as ready, and he's been on the team. The The team knows him. The Eagles know him from, from last year. So it made sense to bring him in, I understand. But I don't think he's coming in to replace Jordan Howard and be their one, is the thing. I think uh, he's he's coming in because they need another body who knows the team, who knows the system, who they're comfortable with. Uh, this is good for Miles Sanders. First of all, I'd be happy if he was just the receiving back because that's what they're going to need against the Patriots. But if he gets other work and just touches, then that's that's great. Um, the tight ends for the Eagles can, you know, draw attention, free things up in the middle of the field for him. Uh, this is this is a great setup. We did see, we saw even the the Browns, whose offensive line and running game did not look great against the the Steelers the other night at all but they were running really well against the Patriots uh, I think I think as a Patriots fan that this is one of these situations where the Patriots are fine with letting you have some success in the running game because they're just trying to contain you they're just trying to wear you out let you make the mistakes and it only takes one mistake when you're counting on getting first downs with the running game it just takes one of those downs to go bad, and now you're in a bad uh, third and long kind of situation, and that's where they want to put you because their secondary and so on is going to be able to stop that. Uh, that's from the Patriots' perspective um, what I think, and that just what that just means is that Sanders can rack up yards and receptions. I don't think it means the Eagles are going to win, but we're not talking about NFL, we're talking about fantasy. So I don't care. Sanders can get two points. And it's going to be like that quite possibly going forward for the season. Um, I don't know what's going on with these other guys. He's got other good matchups coming up where it will continue to be the same same kind of situation. And if he continues to play well and prove himself, then I don't know why they wouldn't play him more. He's done better and gotten more points since... Uh, Coach Peterson said that they were going to give more work to Howard. And I said, yeah, Peterson's a liar. Yeah, remember remember that? Yeah, so you should have got, already have Sanders, but you might be able to still get him. And another guy who, again, we talked about, but DJ Chark, he is worth it. Uh, Tampa Bay, Week 13. Oakland and Atlanta, Week 15, 16. Uh, Foles, Nick Foles is coming back. They're on buy right now, so you could get him maybe right now at a small discount just because of that. Um, but he's a great buy. He's a great buy because he can help you now. And I think he's going to be really something going forward. So in your dynasty, you're not selling out for just a player for now. You can actually get something in the future too. I will try and get more into buys uh, next week in future episodes and start looking more, taking more of a dynasty approach as we get into um, closer to the playoffs. I am going to do things to help you guys in the playoffs, maybe a little bit more sit start for that particular week. 
not so much worrying about waivers and, and streamers and so on. Hopefully you should have those things already set up. So I'm going to start wrapping this up. We're going to lastly just talk about some sells you can do as, as a winner, as a contender. And this, again, I'm not going to get super specific. This is a lot more principle-based. You're going to be wanting to sell the players who, um, like the David Johnsons, who you don't need and aren't going to help you right now. Get someone who can help you, but you're, you're trading value for value. It's, it's not like they're not getting anything, but they just don't need those points if you're trading with a loser. They don't need those points from him right now. Trade them someone who will help them in the future, and you get someone who can help you right now. Okay? Help each other out. It doesn't have to be a screw you situation. It should be mutually beneficial. Um, one of these examples I'll, I'll I do want to talk about is sell your Kansas City players. And I know that sounds bad, it's risky, but that's also kind of why it could work because they have a really terrible schedule, weeks 14 through 16. And I look, with Mahomes, that probably doesn't mean anything. That probably means he's still going to get tons of points, even if he's playing the Patriots, right? But the fact that they are the Chiefs and just the fact that they're Chiefs, it just carries weight. And people aren't going to feel like you're trying to sell them a David Johnson, right? You try to sell someone David Johnson right now, everybody knows what's going on, right? Everybody knows what's going on. They, You have to sell them on the fact that he is going to return to value. But with a Chiefs player, you don't have to sell anyone on their value. They're, everyone's already sold, right? However, if you can turn it into another player who really, or two, who can really do more for you? Uh, Chiefs players are great, are, are a great resource to use to just like spice up a, a trade offer, and and make it just that much more irresistible. Even if um, points at the end of the day aren't really there or don't really add up, it's gonna it's gonna taste better to them. It's gonna be more appetizing. It's gonna help it get done. So if you can sell somebody, I remember I sold. Uh, I sold Mahomes and and Austin Hooper, and uh, I got some other pieces. But I got Fournette basically out of it, and I'm very happy with that deal. Obviously, it was just before Mahomes' injury, but even if Mahomes just kept doing what he was doing, I, I was okay with that. I had Kyler Murray and other good quarterbacks available, so I wasn't worried about it. the The little bit of loss I was taking there, it was worth it to get Fournette because I had David Johnson in that team, and I was barely unable to not I, I tried to but was not able to sell him um when I was saying to sell David Johnson and uh unfortunately then then the bottom fell out just like I was afraid uh even worse than I thought because of injury and so I have him on my team and he's just sitting there but I don't have a I don't have a running back two behind Chubb like I thought I did but now I do because I have Fournette and the benefit to my starting lineup to my net points is far greater than the difference in points between Mahomes and Murray. So that's how you need to be thinking about it. Who can you sell that you might get a little bit worse in one area, but you can greatly improve another? You look at your net points. All right, guys, that was a lot of a lot of talking, um, a lot of names. Hope you caught something in there. Hope you took at least the ideas and you can apply them 
to other situations, no matter your team, and maybe you'll you'll realize some other players that I missed that I didn't highlight. And of course, I'll be back with with more plays next week. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Fusion FFB. You can always find me on any platform you're listening to. Obviously, right now you found me somewhere. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Email FusionFFB at gmail.com. You got any questions, sit starts for the playoffs coming up? I'd love to, to answer some of those as we kind of shift gears here, getting away from the uh, streamers and and uh, week, next week, tonight moves, and we start getting into playoffs and the offseason. So I hope you have been one step ahead and you are a step ahead and hopefully uh, a few games ahead of your competition. And have a good week, 11. See you next time, guys. Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome, I'm back. Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua. Missed you guys. I uh, didn't get an episode out last week, obviously. I had some health issues. We, we were all sick around here, of course. My voice was all messed up, and then uh, that same day, I... I pulled something in my back, so this is just not a fun night for me, uh, or really weekend, honestly. But you don't care about that. Well, maybe you do, so thanks if you do. But this week, I am trying to... Okay, if you haven't noticed by the title, you probably have. This is not next week tonight. We're pretty much done with next week tonight. Even Even last week, the week I didn't have a podcast out... So that would have been week 10, right? Uh, Lots of podcasts were starting to do the whole, hey, we need to look ahead to the playoffs. We need to look ahead matchups, especially defenses, right? And so at this point, the edge that we had when I could call like Will Fuller or Michael Gallup or I don't know, whoever else we were calling a week or two ahead of time as a value those edges, that's gone. We're all on this tiny sliver of an edge right now. So I'm moving off the cliff. I'm moving somewhere else. I'm doing something else. Uh, I don't I don't feel like there's value for you on that topic, basically. If you're going to ha- spend time listening to this podcast, uh, I'm not going to give you everything that you're already hearing on other podcasts that you listen to, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm not your only podcast you listen to. Because they are already saying it. And the whole point of the Next Week Tonight podcast is to say it before them, right? That was part of my my way of gauging if it was a successful call or not was first, was everyone else saying it the next week? And of course, secondly, did it work out for you for points? Obviously, that's what we ultimately want. But the point was to be a step ahead and... 
even if you didn't play him, at least have the guy that everyone wanted to play a week beforehand. And maybe that even opened up opportunities to trade them. I mean, maybe you could have you could have spent the entire year just picking up the players I was talking about and then selling them immediately. And eventually you could have improved your team that way. Even if you weren't getting points out of it, you could have gotten more points on your starting lineup just by building a better team by selling valuable pieces or pieces that were valued at the time. I mean, imagine if you sold Will Fuller right after his week before he got injured, right? So those are the kind of things, even if you weren't actually streaming my streamers, you still could get value out of this. But again, it's gone. What are we doing? This is next. Uh, this is the, the rest of the playoffs tonight. We're going to be looking at winners and losers because it's week 11 and you probably have a pretty good idea which you are, winner or loser. So we're going to split up this, basically this whole episode into two sections. I'm going to talk to the losers first because the winners, I know you're going to stick around till the end, but I feel sorry for these other guys. So let me talk to them first. All right. And look, let's be honest. We're all winners and losers in different leagues. So I'm sure no matter where you're at in any given league, you have one where you are one or the other. So it's not irrelevant to anybody. Losers. Look, and I'm going to be taking more of a dynasty or even keeper league approach, understandably, because in a redraft, I mean, what are losers doing? You're just, you're not doing anything. It's pretty sad. It's it's basically the worst part of redraft is when you get to that point in the season that like half the people in the league aren't even paying attention. That's definitely the worst part of redraft. And it's why I, it's why I like my keeper league that has a little bit more of a dynasty feel because it has the element of a, a redraft where anyone can win any year if, as long as they play well, draft well, right? But you can still make moves to give yourself an edge for the next year. And it keeps everybody engaged. It keeps everyone involved. More so than just a simple redraft. So we're going Dynasty and Keeper. Keep that in mind as we're talking about players. We're talking about next year. Players you can keep at a value for cheap, depending on how you do keepers, and so on. But for all the losers out there... No, okay, you're not losers because we just said... We're talking about Keeper League and Dynasty. You aren't losing. You are winning next year, right? You're not You're not retreating. You're, you're making a uh, tactical uh, move to the rear, right? right? Okay, we're, we're making winning moves is the idea. We're still making winning moves. Uh, it's just for next year now, all right? It never stops, though, so let's go. We're going to be talking about some buys that you can be making, some moves you can be making, some players you want that maybe, for some reason, you could maybe get them cheaper now, uh, or maybe we just think that they have a high likelihood of increasing in value, even if they're not at a discount. Maybe they're just plain their price just never has has gone up. So be it because of injury, perception of the season, maybe they had just a bad year, or like I said, maybe they're just going to get better, the roster situation is going to improve. So there's lots of things. What you want to do if you are a loser, you want to go look at the teams that are contenders. 
These are teams that are looking at their playoffs. They are thinking about that cash. They want to win. Use that to your advantage. So look at the players on their team and the players on your team. And we're trying to match up some of these players I'm going to talk about that are buys. And I'm going to talk about some players that are sells. And you're going to try and match them up. And basically, look, the great thing about this time of year is you don't have to swindle them. Look, everybody can win in this situation. You can get a great deal and get players that are going to be better for you and help you win next year. And you can give them a player that can help them win this year. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. You know, it's not like the off-season trades where you're just trying to screw each other over, right? We can actually help each other, and that's how you want to sell it with them. And it's not a sell. It's the truth. So it's easy to sell, right? So the easiest players to go after. Actually, before I go there, I do want to say, when we're buying, we're buying players with players. You do not want to get into trading away or using your firsts and your seconds in a dynasty to buy these guys if you can help it. You're trying to sell off players for players. Draft picks, their value is going to go up the moment the season is over. Okay, maybe maybe not always the moment. Sometimes there's a few weeks in there before people, uh, you know, they, they kind of fall away from fantasy football and they realize, oh, wow, I have all this time on Sunday. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, Eventually, they start getting the itch again, and they start coming back within weeks or months, um, you know, in March and so on. So that's when definitely the values go up. But maybe you're in a smart league with smart people, and uh, it's day one. You never know. I've, I've made some crazy trades in February for sure. So we're looking at where we can get value. The easiest place to get future value is young wide receivers and we see it every year i mean this past year it was the Cortland suttons the christian kirks um yeah calvin ridley's but we'll see i mean he may even be on this list but these are the kind of players that we're talking about that uh we, we definitely saw them take a step forward and there's a lot of there's a lot of hope in the future for them and you could have gotten them pretty cheap last year in different situations. I guess not Calvin Ridley. If anything, you can actually get them cheaper now. Because like I said, you're you're not trying to fool anyone. You know that the contenders want points now. And they know that you want points next season. A great example of this would be Nikhil Harry. He's just coming back. It's a risk. It's a gamble, but he's on a good team. He's in a good situation. The receivers, that receiving core is already uncertain. They're going to be a year older. Brady's going to be around likely at least one more season. So next year is a prime. That That's his prime year. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I'm guessing next season where he has a full off season. Hopefully he can stay healthy. That's going to be the key, really, is he can, can he stay healthy. It's a risk, but it's a huge possible reward. And he's fairly cheap right now. If you can give them something in return, they're going to be happy to get someone who can give them points on their team because they don't think Harry's going to give it to him this year. And he's just burning a spot on their roster, on their bench, 
and they want somebody they can put in their starting lineup, right? And yes, on this list is Calvin Ridley because uh, it's been a di- bit of a disappointing year. And be that just because the whole Falcons team is disappointing. Uh, you've got Austin Hooper's increased usage. But there, there's plenty of room for him to really have a good rest of this season. Uh, good schedule coming up, obviously, this week. Great schedule. Uh, lots of opportunity for his value to c- go back and continue to increase. Uh, I mean, Julio gets older. It, it, there's just a lot of potential still there. If you can get him at any kind of discount now, that's great. Next one's a little bit more obscure, but I want to get on him before he does any more. And it's Andy Isabella. It's it look, it's too late to get Christian Kirk. You should have done that already back when we were saying. But Isabella's getting more and more involved. It looks like he maybe supplant uh Keyshawn Johnson, another young receiver who who looked pretty well. Looked like he, he might do something, but he kind of, I don't know, has stalled out. He didn't continue to do much. And Larry Fitz has not been having, has not had many great weeks lately. Trust me, I've had him on some teams. Andy Isabella is somebody who's explosive as they open up uh, this offense, as they grow into it next season against one. This is more about next season. Uh, he is someone who could definitely have a role in that offense for for years to come. And he's someone that I would want to buy now, just in case he does start to show out at the end of the season. I don't want to have to pay the uh, the optimistic price for him when he looks good. I want to pay the price for him now when he's done practically nothing, right? Now, a guy you're going to probably have to pay up for for that optimism is Darius Slayton, but he's still being uh disrespected honestly because he's had some really big games but his ownership is still way down in redrafts it probably shouldn't be i mean shepherd's probably shut down for the season golden tate's just eh okay uh darius slayton is a great option if you if you can buy him they're gonna know what you're doing like i said but if you can give them something that is more palatable for them to put in their starting lineup instead of a a rookie on the Giants, (laughs) then uh, take advantage of that. Another guy, it's it's a pretty big name, but it's DJ Moore, and he is, I think, a little bit of a discount right now, but that is an offense, that is a team, that is a talent that can obviously be more. Uh, There's different things. If you listen to J.J. Zachary's and Late Round podcast, you know that his, his touchdowns, are way lower than they should be for the amount of work he gets. Now, those things obviously depend some on just the offense as a whole. And there's there's other factors at play, but just there's room for positive progression there. So he's someone, it's a little bit, he's kind of in between the young, cheap receivers and the next group I'm going to talk about. Uh, I had two more names on here. Preston Williams, again, we have seen it from him this season, but he's injured. He's not doing anything. He's not helping a contending team. You can give them something that can help them. Just sell him on the fact that he's still on the Dolphins no matter what. So you're not going to see him peak and become something truly 
you know, start every week kind of player for what another year at least. I mean, I guess I guess they could get Tua in there, right? And they just have a connection and he flashes, but it's still going to be the Dolphins. Just you're going to have to pay up, but I think he can be worth it. Paris Campbell is the last one for this list, and he's just a talented young player. When he was healthy and had opportunity, we saw we saw it. It was looking pretty good. He may not even be back until December now, so if you can get him while he's injured here, he's out for a few weeks. Uh, maybe you have a team who's fighting to get in the playoffs, and they need somebody. That's who then that's who you want to target. If that's the team that has Paris, then you want to go exploit them. Yes, exploit them. All right, so that's some of the young wide receivers. Again, these are, I could, I started doing this, and honestly, I just was name after name after name, and I don't want this episode just to be me shouting different names at you. I mean, I honestly probably should put this out as an article because you're going to have a tough time following it, but... Here's the principle behind it that you can apply and you'll be able to rediscover all these guys and others on your own. And it's just young first and second year players in situations that can improve. Simple as that. Think about it. It applies to all of them. Harry, obvious. Isabella, obvious. Ridley, not not quite as obvious, but I think the fact that he had such a good rookie season that was honestly way above way above expectations, but also just way above what's statistically normal with all his touchdowns, right? Um, I think it set a high bar. And when someone doesn't meet that bar, they're viewed as a disappointment. But maybe for what he's actually done and what he can still do, uh, he's worth he's worth buying and his, maybe his price has dropped below that. Okay, so that's the kind of paradigm that's what you want to be thinking about. Same DJ Moore will be that guy. All right. The next group I'm calling solid investments. So these guys are going to cost you a little bit more, but they are definitely going to be good players. So these are the kind of players that when uh, we talk about selling um, other players, these are the ones that you're going to get in return for the bigger players. Maybe you get a couple of these guys or one big player, that kind of thing. First one, we kind of talked about him already. He He's kind of the bridge between the young receivers and this group. But Cortland Sutton, I think Sutton has done enough to deserve the respect of a wide receiver too. Especially going forward, I know his, wide, his quarterback situation is terrible, but it can't be worse, right? It can't get worse. I don't care if it's, uh, hey, they could just put what Fitzpatrick in there for all I care next year. I don't care. It's going to be better. He's going to be better. He's going to at least do what he's doing now, which is pretty good. So go ahead. He is one of these guys you can pay up for, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. Another similar guy is going to be DJ Chark. Now, I'll get him into him more later because I think this is a buy for everybody, winner or loser. But it's a similar situation. You got to pay up a little bit, but the long-term return is going to be worth it. Now, definitely going to have to be looking forward on this next guy. Duke Johnson, running back, Texans. 
but it's a great situation for him next year. And he's actually been these last couple of weeks more and more involved like I was hoping he would have been a few weeks back. I knew it would take a few weeks for them to finally get over Hyde because teams always do. <laughs> but it took a little bit longer than I had hoped. I, I think they are definitely going to need him. They're going to need him when it comes to these games uh, against like the Patriots and things like that. They're really going to need Duke Johnson involved in the passing game. Uh, injuries to other guys, Stills and Fuller, have helped him. I don't know if Fuller's quite back yet, so maybe maybe just have one more good week here. But I think, like I said, this is not just a this year thing. I think it's a next year thing too. If you can get him before, maybe it's too late. Maybe people are onto it, but go ahead and grab him. I did see an interesting thing on uh, Twitter. It was top ten. Uh, you know, yards per touch. And it was, of course, all wide receivers. All the first nine were receivers, but the 10th, or maybe it was 12, I don't know. But the last one on the list, I think it was 10, was Duke Johnson. He was the only non-wide receiver on the list. And I was like, one of these things is not like the other. Go get him. I mean, you can honestly pick him up for free in redraft leagues, and which you should be doing. Uh, go ahead and get him cheap if you can. If a team has finally given up on him, it may be too late because he's he's scored some points. But again, if you pay for a player, and this is going to come up um, for buys for winners too, sometimes you can you can get a player for what he's worth right now, and it seems like you're paying a good amount. But then you think about his situation going forward and what the price will be later when everyone else has figured that out that he has more value in going forward. Suddenly that, that price is going to go back up. So just get him in. Go ahead. Pay the cost now instead of later. And I'm going to mention this guy quickly here. Miles Sanders. Solid, solid investment. And you better go get him like right now. Like right now, 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 now. Because he could have a pretty good game against the Patriots. We'll talk about that later. Forgotten players. A couple of guys that we really forget about. Uh, this is a truly dynasty, you know, go get Damian Harris. Okay, Damian Harris with the Patriots. We've seen nothing out of him, and yet we haven't seen a lot out of Sony Michelle either or Rex Burkhead, who's a likely cap casualty uh, over the offseason. So, look, he even if he just slips into the Rex Burkhead role, which I think, I think that's kind of what he's supposed to be doing. That's what they had in mind. And even if that's all he gets, that's still an improvement in value compared to what he is right now, okay? Another guy is Devin Funchess, and this could even be a buy for this season. Um, I know we're talking to losers right now, but it, it does matter because, look, he could come back. I don't think he's going to come back this season. I mean, this this week, sorry, in week 11, but he may be active week 12, and depending who else is is back or not back yet between Hilton and Paris Campbell, they may really need a wide receiver. And they have some pretty nice matchups. So if there's any setbacks to Hilton or Paris, or if one of them just takes another week or two longer and only one of the other ones return, whatever. He has some weeks where he can show up again and people are going to start remembering Devin Funches and he's not going to be forgotten anymore 
get him now when he's practically free. All he can do is get better. If he's not, you can cut him. I love getting these kind of players for nothing because all they can do is get better. If they don't, you can just cut them. Hardly any loss with only a chance of profit. That sounds like a good deal to me. Lastly, we are going to talk about some big ticket buys. These names are not going to sound great. Well, maybe one of them, but we're again thinking about Dynasty long term. We're playing the stock market here, basically, right? First one is Joe Mixon. Once considered a likely running back one, it's not going to take much for his value to rebound. So you can even, if you don't really like him, you can still probably sell him at a profit before the draft uh, or before the season. He may show up these last few weeks better. He's been looking a little bit better but and better every week. Again, now is the time to strike. Now is the time to pounce. Don't wait. This is probably his... He's probably been lower earlier in the season. But now that you know you're out of it, now is the time you can turn a... Well, we'll talk about the cells in a little, bit, in a little bit. But you'll be able to turn some of these big ticket cells into somebody like Joe Mixon. And in the long term, I think you'll profit. Another guy very similar is David Johnson. It's pretty ugly. He's not helping you win anything right now. But next year, look, Kenyon Drake is on a 2020 contract. So do, do you really think they're going to maybe? They could. They could re-sign him. All right. That's possible. They still have Edmonds. I, I don't think. I mean, he's Chase Edmonds is on contract at one more year. I, I believe at least one more year, rookie year, third year. So what what is that? I mean, I think he's just going to come back and be exactly what he was at the beginning of this season. If he's healthy, that offense can continue to progress. Uh, again, just like Mixon, even if you just sell once his value rebounds and everyone gets over the fact that he's not playing well, everyone's going to be excited to get about him again this summer. So you just just wait, hold on to him, sell then. And the last one, I kind of forgot he played Thursday, was going to play Thursday. Um, but Kareem Hunt. So it's it's maybe too late now. We've seen a little bit too much. But again, this is one of these guys you can pay what he's worth now. And maybe you won't have to pay what he will be later. Because if he goes to any kind of good team as a running back one, uh, you, you've, you've already profited. Okay, so go ahead and... Go to somebody, be like, look, yeah, I know he had a bunch of catches. He's the receiving back. He's just the Duke Johnson and the Browns. He really doesn't have that high ceiling. He's not going to help you get the points that you want. Let me sell you this other guy who has a good schedule, and he can actually get you some points because you want to go win. You got a good team, right? Yeah, of course they do. All right, so that's who you want to go after. Those are some bigger Names. Now we're going to talk about some sells for the losers, players that, uh, and, and it's I'm not going to have as many specific names for this. A little bit more principle, right? So for the receivers, all of these things are going to be the opposite, right? So we had young wide receivers, right? We'll go ahead and sell you old ones, right? Uh, Julian Edelman, he is producing, definitely is is producing, and I 
fully expect to continue to produce all the way through the rest of the season. And he's probably going to even produce next year. But I'm just saying this is probably the peak time that you can cash out on him. If you are kind of building, you want some youth, you want some maybe multiple good players, right? You need to add not just singular good players, but depth. Julian Edelman is a perfect guy to sell now to a contender. So think about just other older players around the league. And I don't mean old, old. Uh, they don't have to be, I mean, John Brown, but he has a terrible schedule. But if for some reason somebody wants to take him off your hands, go ahead. You you got some points out of him this season. Go ahead and sell him. He's good. I think he's a good matchup this week, and then that's about it. But uh, go ahead and try and sell him. But it's those kind of players. Okay, we're just going to go off principle here so we can keep things moving along. You also want to sell the guys who are peaking. I mean, before we talked about forgotten players well, that you wanted to buy. Now you want to sell the players that are on people's minds. So sell, uh, sell Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I already told you to buy him before he was traded. His price went way up. You should have been selling him then. Then he had a huge game. Then you could have sold him even more. Then David Johnson came back again. Now it's in doubt. Now, now there's doubts. And now his price has gone back down. But you can probably still sell people, especially in a dynasty league, uh, on, look, he was only bad because of Miami. We got to finally see what he could do. You know, he's a free agent. He's going to go to a team that needs a running back. They're going to sign him as their running back one. And he's going to finally get the work he deserves. He can be good, right, that this is what you're you're selling. Okay. Uh, honestly, Kenny and Drake, he, he really should be a sell for a winning team at this point. But he's just a sell all around. I don't care if you're a winner or loser. Sell him. Uh if you, if you like Kenyon Drake and you, you believed that whole story about he's going somewhere and going to get a chance, that that's fine and that may come true. But I'd rather I'd rather get something more certain out of it right now. The names I am going to bring up as far as players to sell is going to be the bigger names. All right, and I have some pretty fun ones here. So uh, look, Keenan Allen. He doesn't have a great schedule until you get to weeks fifteen and sixteen where it's a great schedule. So you could sell maybe a contender on that. He's playing, uh, what is it, Miami? And, no, Minnesota and Oakland, right? So he's got Minnesota, Oakland to close out the season. Great. Great matchups. Sell that. Mostly going forward next season, following seasons, I still love Keenan Allen. You're not selling him for nothing. You're selling him for a return that's of equal or greater value in the long run next season. But somebody's willing to pay that because they want what he can give them weeks 15 and 16, right? So Keenan Allen is, um, look, because of Phillip Rivers, basically, I just am worried about that situation each year going forward from this point on, you know, what's going to happen. And so I, I wouldn't mind just getting my value and moving on. Same kind of idea. Same team, Melvin Gordon. He's looking pretty good, right? He's looking like good old Melvin, you know, past years Melvin Gordon. But he's not just like last year's, past years, because of next year. Because next year we have no idea what's going to happen. 
And just like uh, Kenyon Drake we were talking about, right, he's going to be going into the free agent market as a running back, a high-priced running back, with a rookie class full of running backs coming in. And uh, it's it's not going to be... I don't think he's going to be happy with what he's going to get offered. And I don't think teams that we would like to see him on are where he's going to end up, basically. If you can sell him for what he's worth, I think that's perfect because I think what he's worth right now is more than what he'll be worth in the future. Similar story for Aaron Jones with the Packers. I just don't like that situation as a whole, be it, I don't know. I just don't like the situation. And his usage is is weird. It's low. And he's getting touchdowns. But it's, I, I don't know, it's strange. And now, especially, we got Adams back, Devon Adams. Jamal Williams, the other running back, is back. I don't think he's going to do what he's been doing. If you can sell somebody on what he has been doing, uh, and they'll pay what that was worth, great. Because I don't think they're going to get it. I don't think they're going to get that. So get what you can now. And going going forward, it's just, I think, going to be more of the same. I don't think it, the situation is ever going to get better than it has been this year for Aaron Jones. And I like Aaron Jones. I've been a guy like I me mean, last year. I, I was a guy who went out and traded for him before he really broke out just because I thought he was a value. But I don't think he is as good as his ranking says he is. That's all. Last guy is just an idea, but um, Ezekiel Elliott, the amount of work he gets, his age, it everything points towards this year or the next year being his peak for his career, right? That's just the, the sad truth of his for running backs. So obviously you're getting a king's ransom. You're not selling Ezekiel Elliott cheap and hopefully you got him somewhat cheap if you were drafted this season because hopefully you were listening to me when I was saying don't worry about it he's playing and he fell to you in the middle of the first round right instead of being the one or two uh yeah you're asking for a lot for him but if you need to restock the pantry uh and he's your big piece is a good way to do it Okay, that's it for buys and sells for the losers. Now we're going to move on and talk to the winners right after this. 